0: I want to read to you from 1 Timothy, chapter 4, starting in verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers as an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save yourself and your hearers. May God be pleased to bless the reading and the preaching of this His most holy and infallible Word. A brief word of prayer Heavenly Father, I ask now for the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus by your Spirit to rest upon every mind in this place in order that their perception of what I say will be heard as you intend. Cleanse my tongue that I will be your transparent vehicle to pass on what needs to be said, nothing that doesn't need to be said. Help me to be clear, simple, and I pray especially for these graduates, which I pray will bless them, that they will get a word that will make a difference Not just tonight, but over the months and years down the road. May this word bring great honor and glory to your name. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to deal with this last verse that I just read. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. And so that is my word to you graduates. I've got to know all of you a little bit uh, over the past year or two. And uh, now we've come to the end of your successful journey. Whether I ever see you again, I don't know. But at my age, you don't plan too far in the future. And uh, I like to think that what I say, suppose every time I speak, what if? that were the last word I ever gave. That day will come, it will happen at some stage. Not particularly wanting it to happen tonight, but I want to speak in such a way that if I knew this would be what would be remembered, I would be very pleased that I said what I did. Why would Paul say to Timothy, Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching, the doctrine. I want to talk about you as a person and doctrine. Now, it says something very interesting. He says, persist in this, for by so doing you will save, interesting word, both yourself and your hearers. Well, am I to believe that after spending a life speaking and preaching on justification by faith alone, that we're saved by faith and not by works, that suddenly Paul would now say to Timothy, this is the way you're going to save yourself. He does say, persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. But the quick answer is that the word save is used in more than one way, even by Paul in this very letter. For example, he says earlier on, he talked about uh, women bearing children. And if they do this, he says, they will uh, be saved through childbearing. So if you just went by that, you could say the way to get to heaven is to have a baby. All women who have babies go to heaven. You could if you wanted to be strict with that word. Uh, But... We use the word save in more than one way, and that's the way Paul is doing it now. Uh, I can remember years ago that Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say to me these words more than once, don't forget your Nazarene background. It is what has saved you. And I knew what he meant by that. It kept me from being uh, dry, cold, hard, and uh, he'd seen some preachers become that. And he thought that my background had saved me from that. Well, Paul is using that word in a different way. For example, when he says, keep a close watch on yourself and the teaching, uh, persist in this, you will save yourself. He means that uh, you would be saved from the pollutions of this world, uh, protected from them. Um, we're going to talk now just about you as a person. Now. Note the order. Keep watch on yourself and the doctrine. You could say in that order. That said, when Paul wrote to Timothy, he put it a little differently. He said, you've fully known my doctrine and manner of life. This is very important to Paul, the kind of person you are. And what would you be saved from by Keeping a close watch on yourself. Little things, and they're not so little. What cinemas you go to, what movies you listen to, what television programs you watch, uh, the music that you listen to. I think a lot of people don't know that some of the music being uh, composed today and the words are demonic to the core. And people sing them and repeat them. And uh, we're living in a godless generation, an anti-god. And keep yourself pure from these things. Be careful. That's partly what it means to be saved from the pollutions of this world, but also from false teachers. That's why he says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. It is so important what you believe. Ah, Hosea said, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of God's Word. And so it is essential that you understand teaching is so important. That's why you've come to this particular school. Uh, Colin Dye has been determined that this be a teaching center That would be sound. I'll tell you something about intellectual temptation you may not have thought of. There are those who say, well, I want to study philosophy. I want to broaden myself. And I can understand that. But caution, sexual temptation and intellectual temptation are similar in this way. You never know how strong you will be. And when it comes to studying things that are borderline, and you say, well, I want to know what the opposition believes. Uh, And it's a temptation to go into an area so that you can become an expert on what is Mormonism, or the Jehovah's Witnesses, or Muslim, or all false teachings. You're far better off to know so well what you believe And the degree to which you're convinced of what you believe, you recognize heresy just like that. You can spot it. You can sense it. And it becomes a part of you. And so Paul says, keep a close watch yourself and on the doctrine. But then there's another reason you should do this. So that no one can blame you for not being faithful. Uh, They will watch your life and listen to what you say. And you're responsible for teaching in a certain way. That is, they get to know you. Uh, They could not blame you for going off into teaching that is contrary to Scripture. But then there's yet another point I want to make and possibly the most important. It will save you from a moral fall. I don't know what the statistics are in Britain, but in America, major church leaders are falling at the rate of about one a week. You hear of them. And uh, you wonder how many more have not got caught. And this is so important. If you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Now, that will bring me to the main thing I want to talk to you about. Why would Paul say keep a close watch on yourself and on the doctrine? There is an issue. You would have thought it would never be an issue, but it is an issue, and that is gift versus character. Gifting as opposed to character. Uh, The reason for that is that there are those who believe that gifting is the most important thing of all. After all, that is often what will attract a crowd. Uh, If a person has an unusual gift, uh, people are very interested. They'll come to see a person's unusual prophetic gift. Uh, We used to have a speaker at Westminster Chapel, and if we would ever announce that he would be there, the crowd would double, double. Why? Well, his gift was so extraordinary that people would come hoping that they would be one called out and it would happen. But people are interested in that sort of thing. And uh, I know those who actually say, they say it, that gifting is more important. Wrong. Character is more important than gifting and this is why Paul would say keep a close watch on yourself and so that you are careful uh, in your language uh, what you are like around the opposite sex of course nowadays uh, that doesn't always work we're living in a time when it's not opposite sex it's same sex and it's a new generation now but the point is Clean living, sexual purity. This upholds the Genesis teaching of male and female. That is the way God created mankind, humankind, male and female. And we must never be ashamed of that distinction. But you see, because we're living in an age that is anti God, they're anti God the creator and they want to blur that distinction. Keep watch over yourself that a moral fall would never happen to you. But then there's another way of putting it, and that's knowing the difference between common grace and saving grace. Now, you that have been through the Course uh, may recall my teaching. Common grace, what's that? Well. It's God's goodness to everybody and without regard to whether the people are saved. Common grace. Not because it's ordinary, but because given commonly to everybody. Every person in this auditorium, you've been given common grace. It has to do with the way you are made, the way you were created. Uh, It would have to do with... uh, the color of your eyes, your IQ, uh, what interests you, whether you want to go into arts or sciences, whether you like public speaking or want to be a recluse. All of this comes down to the way we are made. And uh, common grace can produce people that have a very high IQ or unusual gifting. And what often happens is when a person goes into the ministry, which some of you will do, uh, they will exist on the basis of that common grace gift and assume, uh, because God gave it to you, uh, this is the way you're going to be used. And that would be a big mistake. Uh, I, uh, when I was in high school back in Ashland, Kentucky, I was in the debating team and uh, I learned how to speak publicly then. And that became a natural gift. And so this overlaps with the point I'm just making about gifting and character. And so at the level of common grace, uh, I am now a public speaker. It comes easily to me. And the danger of someone like me is that I would think, well, I'll come up with a talk or a sermon, and I'll do fine. Big mistake. I never ever, as far as I know, underestimate the importance of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. See, there are those so gifted at the level of common grace, they don't need special anointing of the Holy Spirit. They are just so good at what they do and it's a gift of God. And they say, well, God gave it to me. But that is not what Paul means when he says, keep a close watch on yourself it is so that you will have this interest in having the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your gifting, whatever you turn out to do. But then there's more. When I talk about keep watch on yourself, and that is knowing God's ways. I remember many years ago, uh, while I was still at seminary, I... I went through a spell that I thought I would want to study in Germany. Um, A friend I met in Spain uh, said, R.T., what you really want to do if you want to to learn how to think and be challenged mentally, uh, go to Germany. Uh, And that's where theology, you know, has made its impact on the world. And I thought, well, maybe that's, and I got excited about it. I will thank God as long as I live for one of the professors at the seminary by the name of Wayne Ward. We were just talking, having coffee. And he said, RT, you don't want to go to Germany because here's the thing about German type thinking. They're not interested in truth. They're interested in an idea that will turn into a doctorate. And then you can get a a professorship. They don't care whether it's true or not. And that shook me rigid. And I thought, I had no idea that that's the way it was. Well, here's the thing. One must be careful. You only have one life to live. Make sure that you want the truth. I want to teach what is true. I want to preach what is true. (laughs) Just the idea, having a, a, a clever idea, that won't do. That doesn't honor God. I want the truth. And Holy Scripture is the truth. And so we're talking about God's ways and God's word. How do you get to know anybody's ways? One way, and that is by spending time with them. There are people here tonight who know a little bit about my ways. Uh, Louise knows my ways. She knows whether I'm going to like a particular uh, film or something we watch on TV, whether I'm enjoying it. Uh, She knows my ways. She knows how I think. She knows what a politician I would like. Uh, She knows my ways. And though uh, the way you get to know anybody is spending time with them. Children spell love T-I-M-E. And so I'm going to put this to you. How much time do you spend in God's presence? God lamented of ancient Israel, Hebrews 3, verse 10, they have not known my ways God wanted them to know his ways but they didn't know his ways and a way to get to know his ways is you spend time with him and then when Hosea said my people are destroyed through lack of knowledge it was knowledge of God's ways and his word I don't know what you young people are planning to do I don't know how you're going to use this degree, uh, but I would urge you above all else, be sure that you know the Bible. And whether you go into full-time ministry or a different kind of career, be a person who loves the Bible and know the Word backwards and forwards. Uh, Once in a while, people will interview me And they will say, what is your secret? As if I've got some great gift that I could share. And it comes down to one thing. One thing. you know what it is? I know the Bible. Take a Bible away from me and I'm helpless. They used to say of me in Fort Lauderdale 50 years ago, take RT's Bible from him and he can't do anything. I don't mind that. This is my book. I want to know it and I want to live in it. And this is what Paul means. Keep a close watch on yourself and and on the teaching because what doesn't come from Scripture is not worth knowing. Don't be ashamed of the Bible. Make sure that you have a Bible reading plan. Make sure that you are immersed in Scripture. Well, Paul, when he wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy, He said, you have fully known my doctrine and my way of life. So the two go together. And that is basically the word that I've got for you.